Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Socially Savvy, broadcasting live from Washington State. We're out here in Carnation, off location tonight. Um, we're going to be chatting on Socially Savvy um, Verbal Intentions. I am here with co-host Jason Rendon of Seattle Wine Exchange. Hello. And our lovely co-host, uh, Renessa Rio, is just walking into the studio right now. She's going to be getting all ready and, and set in here. So, um it's a beautiful day. It is. You know what? I love the end of summer. Unfortunately, I hate saying the word the end of the summer, but we are nearing the end of summer, so I suppose it's nice that we have some gorgeous days. Yes. I oh, it's beautiful. Driving up here, where we're at here from Seattle, it's a nice drive. The trees are in, you know, trees are in bloom. It was beautiful. No traffic, really. It was gorgeous. I got up this morning and decided I was going to go for a run. It was 68 degrees when I went out, and it will, half an hour later, it was 80. Yeah. It's way too hot. Hello, Miss Vanessa. How are you? Hello. I'm excited to be here. Oops, is your mic on? Let's see. Checking mics now. We had most of that done. There we go. Hi there. Can you hear me now? Now we can hear you. Awesome. (laughs) Now you're used to. You've been out in this neck of the woods before. Yeah, my dad lives in Carnation, so I love it. I love the the roads and the open country. Definitely different from the city. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of people don't don't realize, you know, Carnation. It's well, it's probably forty minutes, thirty five minutes if there's yeah. no traffic from Bellevue. But um, it's nice to be able to you know jump out into the country and not be hours and hours away. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So, and there's an, a little known fact: there are two wineries that that function out of Carnation now. Oh, really? Yeah, Pandora Cellars and Pleasant Hill. Oh, awesome. Yes. As a matter of fact, I was just up at uh, Pandora Cellars this last weekend oh, yeah. for their um, launching of their new wines, and we got to taste some of the stuff out of the barrel. You know, everybody does barrel yeah. tasting. And then uh, Dan and Sam actually took us back into their little itty-bitty cellar, which is it's really cool. When nice. you uh, first, you know, they started up their winery about four or five months after we started the show. And so I have a, you know, that's like, mm. we're growing up together kind of thing. Yay. But uh, they had us go back in the back and try some directly out of barrels that, that they had not planned on. So it was okay. very fun. Those are nice. Very fun. A little cloudy, but good. Yeah, it was it was cool to watch the passion of what they're doing. And again, to you know be a part of something, the ground roots, it'll be fun to see where they go in the next five years. All righty. So today, Jason, we I'm so excited you brought wine that we get to start the show off with. Yes, I do. <laughs> Got to find another glass. But uh, it's H3's Horse Heaven Hills. Columbia Crest is La Chavou, which is a uh, a uh, ca- it's a blend of Cabernet Merlot, Cab Franc, and um, it's gonna be part of our wine club that we're starting up here in September. Um, I missed one. I know I did. It it's is, really good. Um, Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon, Syrah. That's one is a Malbec and Cab Franc. It's got a light chocolate, fed leather, firm. It's a really nice wine. Really good. And uh, we're going to be bringing it on board. I love it. So, you know, it's funny because we've been talking about your Seattle Wine Exchange. Tell us, you have fired off your wine club now. Yes. After a year and a half of being in business, it's a daunting task to do this because <laughs> it's not just buy a bottle and then you get it. You have to follow through and make sure you have the wines and get the wine list going and get the emails going. And then, okay, now what do you do with the Visa card and the MasterCard and then That's get the boxes and and sometimes it's daunting when you're like, oh, God, you know, because then it's like, okay, well, I need to get, you know, at least 12. Okay, what if I get 13? That means I have to get another case. So it's, it's a pain in the butt. But I finally got it rolling, and there'll be two wines, and the first level is going to be wine, uh, two wines at $30. That's and really it's local good. shipping, and if you want me to ship it to you, then it'll cost money. So yeah. what, tell us, what kind of wines do you specialize in? Are you boutique wines? Are you a little bit of everything? No, small wineries, basically a lot of Washington wines, some California, some New York, uh, Italy, France. Mainly wines that you can't really get at you know, the local grocery store. That's the kind of thing I want to head into. Oh, I into. love that. 
So if somebody's looking for a really unique experience or has somebody special coming into town yes. and they are on a budget, you're going to be able to put them in the yep. perfect one. Yep. Definitely too, you know. I mean, you know, there's there's something to be said. Everybody has a go-to wine that people go to. I want to say, yeah, there's a lot of other go-to wines you can go to. Not your favorite one. There's a lot of all the ones. If you try it, you know, you'll be relatively surprised. You know, even right. this Horse Heaven Hills, you know, suggested retails 19. You know, I bring it in at 15. Nice. You know. And uh, this one, unfortunately, though, I wanted to bring something at first that people, other people know. Uh-huh. Uh, so you can get it at some grocery stores. But as I move forward, it's just finding the white wines. This is you know, It's hard to find, but it, you can find it. Well, and uh, I know that with all of our sponsors, whenever we're talking about wines on our show, they're going to be able to get all of those wines through you as well. Yes. So if you've listened to any of our past shows, if you're listening to any of our current shows, and you want to go, what was that wine? Uh, go to Seattle Wine Exchange and message Jason, and he'll be able to pull it up. And if it's still yep. available, he'll be able to get it for you. Yep, that's the goal. And then we'll do some also special things with the wineries that we're visiting. So other than that, I love it. It's a beautiful day. Well, we are going to start chatting about our topic, which is verbal interactions, socially savvy verbal interactions. Um, what kind of got me on this was I was watching the way we talk to each other yeah, and what we think we're saying and what people are taking in. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and we've talked a lot about body language before, and we've talked a lot about um, uh, just the, some of the little nuances, but I think a lot of people don't recognize exactly how much weight the tone of your voice carries. Yes. And and the intention that it gives. Yes. So, for instance, this last week I was uh, watching a customer talk with another salesperson, and she wanted some help with something, but her whole approach was, get the hell away from me. Mm. But she kept telling everybody she wanted help. And she went through probably seven or eight different salespeople. But her her tone of voice was short and crisp. Um, when you would ask her or make a recommendation for something, she would go, well, no, that's not what I'm looking for. Wow. And she was just completely contradicting what it was she kept stating that she needed. And so I've been walking around and, and watching people and and watching the way my boys interact, watching the way my husband and I interact, and just everybody. And it was interesting to realize that we get so caught up in our own little realm, how we don't, after a while, we stop recognizing how we're inter- interacting with people, how we're talking, what what it's causing. Absolutely, especially if you're around the same people all the time. Yes. I think that was a, a big a big thing, and you're around the same coworkers all the time, or you're around the same family and friends all the time, and then how you're perceived when you step out where somebody doesn't know you yeah, and uh, how you interact in your tone of voice to be welcoming or warm or confronting and confronting and harsh. Yeah. You know, and that it definitely takes a, a way. And I teach a lot of classes in this in for acting and, oh, and, yeah. and this is something that's really big in, in other communities speaking. and public right. speaking and yeah. your tone of voice and, and how you pause or how you're, you know, you, you elongate certain words. You know, there's such an emphasis on everything when it comes to talking, obviously with us on the radio, how it is our voices are perceived mm-hmm. as warm or harsh or controversial. Oh, most definitely. So completely when it comes to meeting somebody in dating or business deals, your voice is going to carry on whether or not that person feels comforting, welcomed, and, and the whole process. Yep. It depends on if you're sitting down or standing up. Well, you know, it's so funny because you met, it's interesting you mentioned that. You'll find a lot more unilateral, um, what's the word, intonations when people are sitting at a table because they all relatively fit at about the same. Mm-hmm. But when you do, when you see short people or really tall people within, you see because of where they come from and how they've dealt with certain things, you see them come across in a certain way. Either they're trying to assert themselves more and have a tendency to go overboard, or they're trying to pull themselves back and they get lost in the whole context of the conversation. Yep. Uh, it's interesting. So, you know, if you think about it, in our everyday life, for the most part, we participate in literally hundreds of interactions with people a day. And, you know, every interaction could be something as simple as, you know, hi, nice to see you, or, or acknowledging a customer, even if they're just walking down the aisle, if, particularly if you're working with the public. Like, I work with the public, so all day long I'm constantly talking to people, constantly. Some of them are five-second intervals, and some of them are, you know, 30, 40 minutes. And the question comes up, do you know how you come across? Do you know how people perceive you, perceive you, and relate to you? Mm-hmm. 
I think it's important to do a self-check from time to time to make sure that your delivery is not getting snarky or your focus is not too selfish. Snarky. I like that word. I love that. I love the word snarky. It's one of my favorite words. But um, I think sometimes our intention, we, because of the culture that we're in, I think we have a tendency to get a little selfish and we forget to include people in our conversation. Definitely. And also in the speed. It's one thing to sit there and say, Speed in, in tempo, you know. It's one thing to say, the horse every Wednesday at Melos or on Malbec. You really like it. You're going to have to buy it for $20. People are going to go, what? I know. I'm huh? like, uh, okay, no, please do. And the same thing when you when I, I talk to a lot of, you know, C Street folks, you know, CEOs and all that, they want very concise. The wine you're drinking today is a Merlot, Syrah, My Feathers, La Rose, 2010, and it's going to run you right around $15. You have a slow tempo going to be. It's not monotone that I'm sitting here, I'm a robot. <laughs> I, I And I, I've never gone to Toastmasters, but a lot of people have told me that that's the kind of like yeah. they do uh, uh, workshop, not workshops, but like games where they make you talk in a, a rhythmic. So when you when you listen to, like right now we're in the political season, if you just not listen to the message our political people are doing, but if you listen to the rhythm they the have, influx, yeah. yeah, they call it, uh, not rhetoric, uh, Cadence. Cadence. Okay. Right. Yeah, like a horse. Right. You know, yeah, like a horse. You know, you know, Obama's got a beautiful cadence. He's just going, oh, I'm bad. You know, Romney does, believe it or not. Ryan Paul, yeah, not so much. But you listen <laughs> to some of the people when they're on the stump. If you listen to C-SPAN, the Kennedys had a great cadence. You listen to them talk, you know, my God, you know, their, their emphasis and they... Get their passion. They yeah. knew where they knew where to strike that pose. They knew where to strike yeah. that emphasis. Yeah, definitely. Most definitely. Um. Well, in doing this, it kind of woke me up a little bit, and I, and I started going and started writing my own list. So how do you do that? If you if you find yourself in a position where either you want to be more social and you feel like you're being kept at arm's length or you're trying to move ahead in business um, or you're going into a new business venture and you want to be taken seriously, maybe you're new out of college and you are going after something that maybe is a little bit above what most people would reach for. How do you check yourself and see if you um, are where it, the perception is where you feel like you need it to be? Confidence. Be able to exclude. I'm sure this goes with... with, with uh uh, dating, you know, if you go, hi, my, my name is Jason. Uh, how how are you? But if you're like, hi, my name is Jason. I, there are those that are not yeah. extroverts, and they're they're more like, hi, you yeah, know, short. Exactly. But at least they, that's a whole goes into whole. How do you meet? Shake hands. Not too firm. Not too weak. You know, if oh, your yeah. guy, if another guy, nice hard girl, don't crush her hand. You know. Uh huh. And uh, there's. Well, and I'm one of those women too. If you go to shake my hand and you give me a wimpy handshake, it takes everything I have not to smack you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I know that sounds awful, but it's just like, to me, it's like the, the whole wet noodle. And it does. It tells me a lot. And I've had to, like, readjust. That's a perfect yeah. example of me having to readjust my thought process. It goes even further I than... I said things. Go ahead. I said something to people, like, when they shake, I'm like, oh, wow, is that how a man shakes? Oh, wow. <laughs> They're like, no. And I'm like, I know you're a man. You look good. You're handsome. I'll follow it up with a compliment. Put something but I'm like, yeah, it. I'm yeah. like, but is that really? And he's like, well, no, I don't want to hurt you. Like, that didn't hurt me. You barely touched me. Yeah, yeah there's a difference between going, hey, you know, and versus nice, yeah. solid, nice, solid, learn to stop. Yeah. yeah. And even when it's too hard, I have a lot of men that shake my hand too hard. Yeah. And I'm like, ow, that really hurt. You, cr- you, know, you crushed my fingers and letting them know that too. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I go, well, why don't we try that again? Well, see, you, you see here, now this is where you're really good and helpful with people because if somebody grabs my hand and they grab it too tight, I grab really hard and I'll look at them like, are you kidding me? I don't even have and the wait. strength to grab back harder. I've just been like, I, my fingers are like crushed into one. Oh, geez. You know? I'm like, ow, that hurt. I'm like, you want to try that again? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, that's what, you know, I think people don't realize. Well, and what again, doing. I think that's, that's an awareness is we here, we get so lost. I think it's just going through the motions that you have to back up. It's also and stop going through the motion and actually go through the the basis again. Yes, it's also how you talk to somebody too. So if someone comes up to you and they score up to you and they're like face to face and they put the hands, that's to me is a little personal. Yeah. If you just tilt just a little bit, that's that's you know. But about the right feel comfortable with, I have time to kind of run away versus, a, hey, how you doing? I'm not having full time to put my full body into you, and then you walk away. That that tells me someone's not really interested in what I have to say, and I just leave it alone. That's that's no, my. And I think oh yeah, last minute. It's really funny. I think a lot of people don't realize what their their intentions are, or what the intention that they're leaving behind is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's what I came up with. So if you are not sure 
how your verbal intentions and verbal interactions are coming across, almost every smartphone now has a video record or a note recorder. Uh, true. Turn that puppy on when you just start to, when, when you go into several different types of scenarios, whether you're talking to somebody you know, talking to somebody you don't know. You know, obviously you want to be careful because legally you can't be recording and utilize a recording if somebody doesn't know about it. Mm-hmm. But for your own personal information, yeah. um, I've put it in my pocket before, and it's amazing because you, you'll listen to, yeah. you want to listen to the your tone, mm-hmm. your influx, your ups and downs. You want to listen to your speed, and you want to see if your voice sounds sharp or calm. Yes. This was particularly important for me because I have a natural lisp. I was born with size 9 teeth and a size 7 mouth, which meant I had thick tongue. Being Mexican, I think part of that just came along with it. I went to speech therapy for several years, silly sally, sat on the seashore, garbage. I hated it forever, but finally got ahead of it. Then I went and got braces, and it all went right back to where it was before. (laughs) So for me, for people to understand me, I have to slow it down. I always feel like I'm speaking too slowly. Same here. It drives me up a wall. But when I do that, I people retain and, and I have a better interaction with people. I slur. So when I get too excited or if I just don't care, I start slurring words oh, together. Oh, yeah, your words run together. <laughs> yeah, so I have to pronunciate. So if, I'm, if I know I'm in a situation where I need to be able to get my point across, I'm very clear on pronunciating yeah, yeah. everything. And I'm very conscious of it. Yes, pronunciate. Enunciate. Oh, whatever. Pronounce. Pronounce. Enunciate. Well, I need to pronounce right, too. It took me forever to, to say characteristics properly. Characteristics. <laughs> yeah. I used to character, you know, and I still murder words, you know. Oh, it's sort of like cinnamon and cinnamon and Cin- yes. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Enunciate. That's the right way. You know, in my head, I know what I'm doing to speak clearly versus friends when I just slur it. I, we, we call it uh, mumblese. Oh, I like it. I always find that I talk really fast. Yeah. Yes. I have to slow down. I'm a fast talker. I have so much I want to share in such a little amount of time. And you're passionate about it. You're like, yeah. you've got to do this. Well, you know, that I have to slow down. I'm like, okay, when I talk to somebody, what are the two things I want them to walk away with? You know? Mm-hmm. Now, that's a really good point. And I think that would really help focus your verbal interactions. Is know when you're going into a conversation, if it's an important one, even if it's not a, all of, a all big conversations important, important one. Yeah. Oh, that's true, too. But... um. That's a good idea, especially if you're trying to train yourself. Have two points that you need, know you need to make and try to stay focused. Because for me, that's a big one. Yeah. I have, I'm, I will be all over the board. It's like I'm, I'm looking at my Dr. Seuss. I could start talking about my Dr. Seuss painting on the wall right now. Yep. I totally forget what we're talking about on the show. I just yeah. go off on tangents, so well, that's a good idea. Tangents is one, but I want to side now. We were talking about which, what do you want to leave away from. I've actually started using what um, you guys, we had a an event at a long time ago, and is talking about, don't ask what do you do, ask, what is it you like about your job? Yeah. And I've used that because I'm kind of tired of listening to you. And you're right, I, after doing that, I like what I want to hear. It's like, so what is it you like about your job versus what do you do? Yeah. What do you make? What kind of car you drive? No, it's like, what is it, what is it you like about your job? And that gets the conversation going a lot easier yeah. than what do you do because you get those one person drives me nuts because you don't know what to do with them. So, How are you doing? Fine. Traffic? Yes. Yeah, the one the one word answers. Yes. You can't you've got to open ask open ended questions. Yeah, except people. you get the other side where you get the other one where you think you're done, you're like, Okay, well great. Well yeah. I had one of those today on the phone. Can't get off the phone. Goodbye. It was it was it was help. They were helping me, but it was forty minutes of help that probably could have been done in twenty. <laughs> yeah. So Vanessa, while we're on this before I jump in, because I had a cool idea that I wanted to touch base with, but when people are dating or or and for instance, whether they're dating somebody new or they're redating their spouse, what kinds of things do you think they need to be thinking about with with their intonations and, and their intent? Um, I definitely think you should be mirroring at all levels. So, you know, if that person, if you want to be warm and inviting, you should be warm and inviting. If you want to be affectionate, um, kinky, if you want, and you should be affectionate and taking levels in romance other ways. You know, it, it's it's not about it. It's expecting that other person to be warm and, and a good listener and inviting to you. You should be those things first. That's and a good especially point. in relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's an existing relationship and, and somebody that's dating, I think it's having areas of your life that you're comfortable sharing 
and having two things. Like I want somebody to walk away when they speak to me knowing that I'm real. I'm not like this fake person. I deal with struggles. I deal with things. So I, I have no problem with sharing maybe one thing or two things in an open conversation. Or maybe I'm growing my business in this way. If it's a business conversation, mm-hmm. if it's a, a woman to woman, you know, mother conversation, I'll share something about my children that we're growing into. So always have a topic of something you're gaining or growing into it makes you look very humane and 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 well, that's crazy an experience. Um, if I'm talking to another couple, maybe something I'm experiencing, if, you know, all levels, I have something of that nature, business, personal, weight, always weight, you know, that's always a number one topic. I mean, then for people that are single is giving, you know, I want them to feel that they can trust me with coming out to an event, maybe enjoying a great conversation and going out to one of my classes or something like that. So offering, you know, some value to that. Definitely need it. I've got a, a friend that she's going, she's dating and mm-hmm. she's on one of those sites and some of the stories I've heard where, yeah, so a guy sends her an email through the thing and says, oh, you probably wouldn't want to date me. You know, I'm this oh, guy Lord. just finished a hot dog and a big scoop of ice cream and some Cheetos, you know. And I think to myself, like, if I'm a single guy and, and the, my friend, she's relatively attractive. She's, you know, 45, she looks good, you know, dresses nice, has a good steady job, and that's on her profile. If I was single, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to have a date with her. Why would I would put myself down? And it doesn't happen just for guys. There's also girls too. And I, cause, you know, we'd sit there and we we read the reviews. And because I was helping her with with her uh, post, and some of the things you read, you're like, ooh, don't post that just yet. Save that for later. You know, she went on a date and a guy gave the whole life history in like 45 minutes. And she's like, yeah, we're not dating. Yeah. Well, we're gonna, we're going to touch base on that one a little bit later. <laughs> I think a lot of people that, like we're saying, get carried away. And that's in conversation and online. And online, I think (laughs) you can meet somebody, and I've met somebody, and in 13  minutes, if that, I've learned that they're going to be homeless in a week, that they're, oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I mean, you're just like, whoa, and your name was what again? You know, I mean, I don't even know you, and yet you're reaching out for a donation here in a second, you know? And so the process of disclosure is huge when it comes to conversation. Um, and especially in the dating world, a lot of a lot of people don't realize what they're disclosing in the first date, second date, third date, and to create a process around that. Hey. That's a good point. Hey, Ob. Yes. You see your your jalapeno pop chips there? I do. I love my jalapeno pop chips. <laughs> Our socially savvy favorite, delicious, mm-hmm. all natural, healthier that pop chips. When they said it couldn't be done, they raised a snack bar. Thanks to the magic of popping, they found a way to pop all the flavor in while keeping fake stuff and more than half the fat of fried chips out. With 10 flavors, there's something for everyone. And I just got the news flash here about what? a week or two ago. They're coming oh, up yeah. with corn chips. Yes. Yay. So excited. I love that they're constantly creating new flavors and um, different experiences mm-hmm. because they're such great chips. They are. Constantly growing. I think that, you know, you want to mirror that. You want to be the person that's growing and going and dating, relationships, friendships. I agree. So it's great to partner so with So they're a perfect chip. They do yes, the same thing. <laughs> okay, so another thing to touch base on, because I did forget my point that I was going to make earlier. I Sometimes this is one of the things that you need to do. If you are a forgetful person, if you need to take notes, make notes. If not, then... Try to remember your triggers. I usually will have verbal or or audio triggers for me. But um, how is your sentence structure? When you're ver- having verbal interactions with people, how is your sentence structure? How um, do you ask questions that help um, come to resolution or fire off with irritating things? Kind of bringing me an interesting point. I think we. Right before that, it depends on your audience. If you're going to go into, uh, like for me, if I'm going to go into talk about four adventures, I'm going to expect my person, most of my experience is that they talk a lot of, yeah, they talk a lot of uh, game and they're not really going to follow through. I don't know how many times I've heard people, hey, you should open up a restaurant. I already did that. And then, you know, (laughs) then they want to do it or they do something else versus, oh, hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to build a pizza oven in our backyard, and I've got tons of people who said, oh, we're, we're there to help you. Yeah, okay. We'll see when it's, you know, yeah. Saturday at 7 o'clock, and I call you up and say, hey, next Saturday we're going to be building. I think that's kind of a two different things. Or if you're going to go talk to a CEO or something, you should either practice what you're going to say, have a general outline. Practice what you preach. Yeah. yeah. Or what you're going to talk. I, I mean, even dating, my, when I was dating before, when I was dating her, 
I had things that I wanted to make sure, you know, was my hair combed, is, you know, is my face okay, did it, you know, do I have broccoli in my teeth, you know, and I... A lot of people don't do this. We have we have a spectator on the field, and she's laughing. It's like you'd be surprised at how many people go in there, and you like you look at them. I'm sure you've seen it. You're like, oh, yeah. oh my god, quick, come here, go to the bathroom and do this. You know. Yeah. And that's a you know what, and that is a socially savvy thing. We're gonna do our socially acceptable and acceptable, but mm-hmm. I think it is totally acceptable when somebody, if, if you're a friend or you want to help them, you don't do it like in front of them, but kind of pull them off to the side and go, yeah, come here. Do you, did you do you realize? It could be anything from a, a, a physical thing to a verbal thing. Um, this, and this is one of the perfect examples for me. Uh, a lot of times people will be in these conversations and somebody will say something. And they'll go, well, what were you thinking? Yeah. And you're like, oh, good God, no. Or they'll do the statement like, um, that doesn't make any sense at all. You I wanna, don't like that. I, I know. You want to stay away from words like stupid, idiotic, and moronic when trying to describe a situation to a person. Because here's what usually happens. People are usually using those words and trying to portray that situation. But because of the type of creature that we are, typically this is where the misunderstanding happens. We think you're calling us an idiot or a moron. Well, oh, that's verbal yeah. abuse right there. That's, you know, like if you're in a conversation, you know, like let's say, LB, you, you left your cord in the car. Any idiot would not forget the cord. That's a bruise, frankly. Right? People don't realize that, but that's a yeah. form of, you know, not to be a downer on this, but there's a well, lot no, of times people and, do and that. And that's the whole point of, yeah. of trying to, of what we're, why I bring it up. Um, so what you want to do, it just this is the lesson I taught with my kids when they were young. I, said, I told them, no swearing. And my preface for no swearing was not that, you weren't going to be able to figure out how to use the swear words or because I wanted them to think that they were better than anybody else. It's, I wanted them to expand their verbal um, usage. I wanted them to think clearly and use proper descriptive words that truly told the story of how they were feeling. Yes. That's good. And uh, when they got into high school, you know, that's a tough thing, not when everybody else is cussing and swearing. But I told them, I said, you, want to, you want to shut somebody up? You want to win a debate? You want to, you want to create a pause? In, in a confrontational situation, string together some really intellectual big words and watch everybody's jaws, jaws just drop because they're like they're they're now trying to figure out what was it you were saying. So they go from the offensive to more of a defensive, yes. and and it buys you some time. So you can you can take control of a situation that like that, and then you can make a little joke, and then you can go on and move on. So you can actually really derail a bad situation. That's good. But the same thing happens when instead of using words like moronic, use a little bit more descriptive words um, and things that kind of portray more of of your intent in going, wow, I'm sure that was, I'm I'm sure you totally didn't mean to leave your cord in the car. That's Mm -hmm. probably got to be really frustrating for you. Do things and, and, and bring conversations around to where you're empathizing with them instead of attacking them. Because people get frustrated when they don't know the words they want to explain. They get frustrated and they go, well, poop on you, and then they walk away. They yeah. can't follow through and, you know, and, and uh, expand on the situation or the question that they have. I've seen that a lot where they just, they, you, politics is right now is real big, and people go and they talk and they talk, and they're winning, oh, yeah. you know, volley, point, volley, point, they're going back and forth. And they get to a point where you're like, okay, I don't know what you're talking about because I don't understand it. And then they win. They say, ha-ha, see, that's why. Joe Blow's not going to be the good president. Ah, see, I win. Exactly. Well, it, okay, so here's a perfect example. Somebody going, what the hell were you thinking? Versus, the last comment you made to the customer may not get the results where you're looking for. Could you explain what you were trying to say? <laughs> I mean, there's a big, huge difference in the delivery of both of those. They come to, you can actually help somebody figure out what they were trying to say. I think a lot of reasons people come to an offensive right away is because they're still trying to figure out where it is they're going with the conversation or how they're feeling about it. And turn it around, too. It's a lot easier to say, um, this wine is red. That's kind of accusatory in saying that it is versus, I've been told that this wine is red. And you kind of ease the, the ease the thing because maybe you are wrong, and it's easier to have like, oh, well, I heard that was wrong. You know, I heard it's red, and actually it's uh, you know, purple. A blusher. Right. And what that does is that still gives you credibility, 
without losing it. Because if you sit there and say, well, it, it is red, I know it's red, it's really red, and then somebody who's author, you know, so goes, well, no, actually it's purple, and then they prove you wrong, then you lost your credibility in whatever topic that you're talking about. I'm not saying that for all things unless you 100% know, but if you're kind of questionable and you want to keep the conversation going, there's a lot of times that Cadence in a, in a conversation where everybody's kind of going around and they lose tangent, and then like, what were we talking about? Right, and you come back and you just do the conversation because they somebody had to get out their iPhone and go, yeah, yeah, I think you're wrong. I'm going to check it out. Okay, so here's another one. Interruptions. You're chatting with somebody. You get something in your brain, which we do all the time. You're caught up in a mm-hmm. conversation, and somebody is talking, and they're going, you know, they're full speed ahead, um, and you get this great idea, and you bust into the conversation. You're like, blah, 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 and everybody's all excited, and everybody's talking about it. And you've just cut this person off. Mm-hmm. Now, to some degree, that's typically what happens. But one of the things that I have learned is the best way to keep anybody from feeling left out of the conversation or leave them feeling like you don't care about what they're saying is when you get done with that moment. And, and I, do, I, do pair, I pair this with two things. Number one, I make a physical contact with the person. And number two, I make eye contact with them when I do this. Right. I'll look at them and I'll go... I'm so sorry you were saying because that's your way of inviting them back into the conversation, bringing them back around. Even though you had a great part to add to that conversation, it, it, it you know made sure everybody you care. laugh. Yeah, exactly. And it also brings it back around to the person who had originally started, which creates a, a more um, welcoming intent for everybody. And to forget about, we had this conversation too about those friends of ours who just continue going and going and going and going and going and going and going. And going. You have to kind of touch their arm or verbal try to, puking. Yes. We're not there yet. Yes, they just keep going. Well, no, see, that's two things though. I'm going to put that into two different categories. They are. They are two different. I I think you know verbal puking or diarrhea of the mouth. Well, no, they're one and the same, but I think there's categories. There's one thing to kind of go on a tangent that doesn't mean nothing, and others going about stuff that you really shouldn't be talking about at the time. That you're like, I don't want to hear that. Yes. (laughs) La la la. TMI. (laughs) That's funny. No, it's I. I have a tendency to get really excited when I'm with friends and talking and. I've had to learn to slow it down. And so one of the things that I had really appreciated learning was somebody said, you know, well, it's okay to be excited, but take the time. And when you interrupt somebody, bring them back into the conversation. If you're the one to interrupt them, you be the one to bring them back onto the conversation. I'm so sorry. What was it you were saying again? Yeah. Well, I also think there's a tact in how you interrupt somebody as well. That could be almost. In, in, you know, embraceive or abrasive in a conversation for you to go into it and even though you have something to add to the conversation if that person is clearly finishing their sentence and you cut them off, yeah, it's rude it's disrespectful yeah. you want to try you know. not to be rude especially yeah. if you cut someone off, uh, Valerie brought up a good point a good vocabulary is very important and a sign of intelligence if you read more, you can improve your vocabulary and if you're not sure what a word means, don't be afraid to look it up oh yeah. my gosh, most definitely you know what, my favorite thing on the computer is well on my Mac is the widgets, mm-hmm. and I have a dictionary widget and I have a thesaurus widget. Yep, same here. And I love finding new crazy words because it, it not only does it add fun to the conversation, especially when you use one of those really edgy kind of words that people are like snarky. Wait a minute. I love snarky. Yeah, <laughs> snarky is like my all-time favorite word. <laughs> You're so snarky. What the hell does snarky mean? I don't know, but it or sounds it's good. Taken back to something from the 18th or the 17th century, mm-hmm. a terminology that maybe has gotten bastardized a little bit, and mm-hmm. you take it back to its original intention. You know, it just, again, I think that's just a fun, dynamic way of being a creative part of conversation. Yes. And, you know, for so many years, the big difference between the upper class and the lower class was literally how you communicated. Yes. It was the words you chose. It was how you presented them. And we're in an era where that distinction has pretty much eroded away uh, because the finances, you know, you, yes. can, you can afford to buy this. You can afford to get educated in this. But what you're going to start seeing again is that separation of classes isn't going to be about finances. It is going to be about presentation again. It's going to be about well, how you hold your We're losing it now because everything's in text. It's like we're, you know, texting on our phone, texting on a computer. You know, yeah. a good portion of our conversation when, you know, Valar goes on business trip is over text, over IM. And even, yeah, I can be sitting, you know, 10 feet away and I'm still texting somebody, hey, what are you doing? You know, yeah. one is, exactly. I don't want to expose to the world what I'm talking about, you know, and two is just kind of, hey, what are you doing? I'm going to go for lunch. Okay, you know. Well, but as we know, you know, you can do all of the social media, you can do email and you can do texting, you can do all that kind of stuff. But when it comes down, 
to finding that final contract or making that impression. It's done on a one-on-one, and you have to sell it. Yes. You have to be able you to You have sell to know it. what you're talking about. I don't know how to explain this. I mean, you can talk to or your you husband. Or you have to be a Brad. really good BSer. I mean, really good. <laughs> oh, we know a few of those folks. <laughs> yeah, but I also, I also think that in the sense of texting and business relationships and everything now with as big as electronics are and and Facebook and Twitter. I mean, you can find somebody out, find out about their life through all these social oh, totally. media, yes. interest and sharing all their photos. That when you actually get that, meet that, get the opportunity to meet that person, the vocabulary is so limited. Yeah. You know, and and I've had people come up to me and go, Oh, I just love pictures of your kids, and I love, I saw you last weekend doing this, and I'm like. What is your name? You know, I don't even know yeah. who they are. So even people are engaged with you through social media and not having that connection. So I, I and there's a topic I want to bring up in it. And well, I brought something up, too. In texting, in dating, my friend, she's dating. She got a text from a guy. and It's like, how about we all go out and eat dinner? And it was all B.O.T., B4, and all that. Uh, so how do you feel? It. How do you, you know, the question that's coming up is, how do you feel when you're talking and someone corrects your grammar and punctuation? For for me, I get a lot because I get it. Like sometimes I'll screw up something, you know. But then again, I have, I have a world that I'm really bad with my grammar. I mean, I get people message me on the back side or message me on the front side with my with my social media, with my Facebook. Um, if you're bad at it, then my advice to you is you better have a sense of humor about it, because I'm terrible. And when people correct me, they're like, you know, I hope it's okay that I correct you. I'm like, you know what? I did it wrong. Yeah. I'm just going to run with it. You're yep. right. I'm just going to tell you I am a terrible speller, and I may not be inclined to correct I do, I do that, too. I go, they'll, they'll correct me. I go, what did I say? Oh, well, I meant that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Sorry. I think if you're going to be on the receiving, and especially with the quickness of the whole social media and auto auto correct. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. Okay, I sent oh, a, a, yeah. a text to somebody and I was saying, you know, I'll meet you thereabouts or we'll be meeting or we'll be something at six and it came out, we'll be something at sex. And I'm like, oh, good Lord. I, we, yeah. we, we had a hot, we have a hot tub at home and there's one time I was telling her, it says, hey, I'll meet you in the, in, the, in the hot dog. And she's like, yeah, it was mustard. And I'm like, what? And I had to scroll back up, you know, I was like, ah, yeah. oh, I'm at the hot tub, damn it. Yeah. I think that's half the time you're texting where you gotta like delete, 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 forget it. I don't want to do it. Well, and that's you know that's a big thing with the whole verbal interaction. You know, we we talked a lot of, at the beginning of the show of those face to face, but your verbal interactions do reach into your mm-hmm. text message and they reach into your Facebook. So it is really, really super important to make sure that the words that you're using are properly portraying what it is you want to say, because all of us. We're raised very differently. I mean, yeah. we could have been, we could have literally all grown up in the same block and speak five different kinds of English yeah. because of our household, how we interacted, what was important to us, um, where the emphasis was, uh, you know, did everybody speak really loudly? Did everybody speak really calmly? There comes a lot when you come into a, a really public setting or um, where it's really easy to change things by changing your intonation. But when it comes to text, you don't know. The word on the page is a word that people read, it. and the hard part about that is, is you don't know the intention behind it. So it's the same thing. Oh, go ahead, Brad. Um, just to kind of add on to that is, I think it has to do with like the person's consistencies on that. Um, especially you know what you were saying, uh, Jason, on that text message of all the like shortcut words. This is something that's happening on all ages, whether you're 10 years old or oh, yeah. 60 years oh, yeah. old. Like you know, you're just you're understanding that you can write these little letters or numbers that are going to equal out to sentences in some cases. I, you know, honestly, and, I think it's dumb. Well, uh, you know, and I think it's it's something that for if you feel that it's something you don't want to accept, you should relay that information. Actually, you say, I prefer you to give me a full sentence, or I like it when you do that, or call me. It actually goes back a little further than yeah. shortened language. There's a th- they're called three letter keys, uh, like the, the the Masonic Masons, the Eagles yeah. have books. They're the code word. Yeah. Yeah. And if you just take a second to read it, you're like, oh, I see what it's doing. Even shorthand, I I'm old enough that I got to, I had to learn shorthand. I'm like, oh, it makes perfect sense. I can't do it now. I wish I could because it's really cool. You just it's just you know, 
easy but way to do it. You know, here's here's my thought. There's a that. reason for that, though. Yeah. It's, it's almost like it's like a club. Exactly. Or, or in a process you're of that. A certain you know, realm. if you're, I recently had a woman who was networking and gave my information and referred her to me, and the woman text messaged me. I was referred to you by so and so. I would love to meet with you. Uh-huh. And so I said, well, you know, uh, and then she emailed me. I got your email through so and so. I would love to connect with you. And do a business meeting. And I'm like, okay, this woman's like on, you know. And I said, well, why don't you give me a call? I would like to talk with you. I want to get your, before I even, because one of her emails was, what's your schedule like for next Thursday? I'm like, I'm not putting anything in next Thursday for you. What is your <laughs> schedule? You know, I want to talk to you. I want to hear what you're about. And when I got on the phone with her, I said, well, what are your intentions? What do you want? What are you looking for? Yeah. You know, in that whole process. And even through the text messages, well, you know, it's great talking with you. Can you please call me? Yeah. I prefer don't tell me good night through text message call me so i think it's how we're setting up our own that's true we're and setting up our own who communication ta- exactly you've got to consider who you're talking to and and how they prefer to communicate and uh, again you know the, the whole key to being socially savvy is making sure the people you're interacting with are comfortable so if you're not necessarily comfortable on the phone but the people you're going to be working with are guess who's got to make the change yeah. If you want to interact with those people, you need to internalize that change. And this is the difference between the entitled generation that we're coming out of yes. and this new generation, which they're they're yes. actually calling this new generation the generation of hope. I don't what? know if you guys have heard that. No. Yep. I don't know. How is the hope of what? Hope they learn how to spell? Um, I think there's a hope that <laughs> they're going to have a job. Hope, hope they have a relationship. Job. Hope that hope that they're going to be able to get through all of the the chaos. Because when you take it's a look crazy. at where they're coming out of, that, that sounds daunting. Though I don't like the word hope. Personally, I think the word hope is a horrible word. I, I, I do. I really, really do. I, I didn't, you know, I, because to me, it's hope the word hope me. is like maybe. But I was going to say hope the word is not hope definitive. Is like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. like it's a word like maybe I'll be successful. Hopefully I'll be successful. You know, the, to me, that's that's not how. We, I think hope know. is a good word to use um, for a beginning. I think hope is a good, it's like. But to have a generation based have, on that, I yeah. think that's horrible. I don't know. I had just heard the term used. I don't know how far he's going like to go. I'd like to change I hope John and Jim gets his degree because he's going to need it. <laughs> well, and even if you get your degree, what are you walking out with? Yeah, hundred fifty thousand dollar debt yeah. that you have to yeah. owe now. You know, I mean, unless you you know are employed as you know one of these different job settings. You know, there's so many jobs that are obsolete now because of you know, our world of technology oh, and yeah. everything quickly moving along. Yeah. I always tell people, our learn different jobs. Yeah. So I, I, don't, of, I don't like that word, hope. Yeah. Speaking of cool jobs. Gunnar Nordstrom has the coolest freaking job. Mm-hmm. He does. He's got a lot of cool art there. And uh, he had the, uh, the Dr. Seuss. Yes, he does. And he's got this cool one that, yeah, I don't think it's the same artist, but the, the paintings on the wall look like cartoon uh, cowboys. Oh, reminds yeah. me of a game. Yes. And it so reminds me. I know it's not the same. That's at least Billy the Kid. He, he does that. That's all from the Billy the Kid era and Remnant. Mm-hmm. And he sold some really great pieces. Um, Gutter Nordstrom, who is located in downtown Bellevue. He yes. is across from the Hyatt and literally walking, like, what, seven steps across from Joey's in downtown yes. Bellevue. He is considered the epicenter of social atmosphere. And, and he's a cool cat, too. He's a very cool cat. So, um if you want to feel better, buy yourself some art. Definitely. And I think you had something that you wanted to chat about here real quick, too. I did. I thought you did. You were looking I did. Me. I was going to talk to you about more wine. More wine. Like, Tell me about more wine. We're like, ready girl, did you guys all go to that white party? <gasps> yes. No, they did. We I went did. camping. We wanted, camping. We wanted to take a break. See, this is the thing. We live in the Northwest. Look outside. I know. It we had to get stunning. out. It was stunning. I saw the pictures from the the white party. I wanted to. I, I had some RSVPs for that. and God. It was, you know, I've this was my second year going. Yes. Um, I had hoped that the interviews would be ready this week, which unfortunately they were not. Um, I got a chance to interview Jeff Otis and talk with him about the whole how it was created and what they were thinking. Uh, there's there was a lot of speculation of why it was created and where it was originated from, and and all that speculation was true. It was really cool to find yes. out. So I'll be launching those interviews uh, probably next week's show. I may do I'm, I'm, depending on how they come out. I may do a special edition later this week where we yeah. launch the interviews. But it was a lot of fun. There was mm-hmm. one. 
probably upwards of 2,200 people there. Yeah, I saw photos. I'm like, this thing looked like a hot event. I was one of seven photographers. Woohoo! Wow. Lots of sexy people. You know what? I was surprised. Yeah. So <laughs> well. I was surprised to it see. It was so fun to see. <laughs> and, and you know what? I want to give hats off to Jeff Otis and Matthew's Estates right now yes. because they held true to the all-white and I know it was really hard to Did they turn people away? They turned they turned a couple of <gasps> good for them. A couple of people I love who that were really upset that. about it. But it says all white. And mm-hmm. you know, there were people who maybe didn't have white shoes. Okay, I totally get that. But yeah. you everybody had white jackets, white pants. I, I saw one guy get away with wearing a blue shirt under a white jacket and white pants. And I thought, Oh dude, you're edgy. But I really wanted to give them kudos for standing up for what they said. I mean, this is their third anniversary of doing this. Yep. They've set a precedent. There's no confusion. All white means all white. Yeah. All white. And they do an 80s party that's also cool, too. They do their Halloween. They do their 80s. They, he, he does, uh, and, and Jeff is very understated about it, but he has really created a lot of these fun events. Um, and this was no exception. They had DJ up above. They had a DJ mm-hmm. down below. You had people dancing all over the place. Um, they had fabulous wine by the bottle, mm-hmm. by the glass. They do. Um, it was fun. Sweet Lounge this year was the unofficial uh, because there's been so many people that have wanted to do an after party, and, and they ended up putting together the best unofficial after party in which they nice. created buses that picked you up in Bellevue, drove you out to the party. You got to get your drink that is on. Fantastic. The buses brought you back and then mm-hmm. you attended the af- the white after party at Sweet. Was it packed out afterwards? It was packed out. It was so much fun. It w- Sweet did Sweet do well? Sweet did fabulous. They did good. a great job. Good. Um good they those I don't think they even recognized how crazy it was going to be, how many people were there. Uh but they did a great job of of really dealing with us cuz there were a lot of people who were Interestingly, I didn't see too many people walk in drunk, which I was really impressed with. But you had a lot of people who no, were, had been happy for a lot of hours. <laughs> yeah, no, Woodenville is pretty strict on that. You know, and I think a lot of people when they do do the white party because it is Woodenville's known to be, you know, good about their wine They have pours. four cops right there at the intersection where you're parking. Yeah. Oh, so it's it's it, and when you pull in, the cops are there. So it's yeah. kind of like they're not trying to hide. They're not trying to pretend. They're going, we're going to be here for the duration. Make sure. If you're and they want to help you. They I've help seen. You. I've seen. They'll call cabs. I mean, yes. you've seen them. I've seen them work with people and go, you know, just give us some time. And and they make a place for cabs to come and pick people up. They and do. I've even seen cops. The in the show guy, he'll put his hand on the guy's shoulder. Says, "How you doing? You know, no, yes, you should probably very, take a cab." And they're very encouraging. And yes. again, you know what? I think this is a perfect. Um, Explain not explanation, but um, description of that that verbal intention, because they do they take that time their intonation. That is actually a really good idea too. If you want to look at a diplomatic way of talking to people, not every cop, but most cops have a very good way of getting a point across to you, even if it's in a not-so-pretty situation. Right. I don't know if you want me to get into that conversation. No, there. I didn't say, <laughs> I did, I did say both. Now, there are some assholes out there, and I'm just going to I'm just speaking of, 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 of Woodenville. They're generally pretty cool. Well, Woodenville cool. wine country, they don't want to have a bunch of write-ups. I mean, they want well, to yeah, keep, yeah, you know, right. I mean, this big is, part of our tourism. They're pretty good. It's a huge yeah. part. Last thing you want to do is know in that area that, you know, you know, 500 people walked away with tickets. They're not oh, going to yeah. have that no, event next not year. Yeah, people, no. the reputation of, of Matthews Estates and everything that's going on is not going to be great. But oh, they no. are very verbal. Well, they have stops. They'll show you. you oh, know, yeah. When you leave the Chateau Chez Michel, you go right around the corner. There's a stop. Yep. You know, they just, they slow down, they look at you, and then you just keep on going and someplace to go. So, yep. yeah. how are you today? So, it was a very, very well put on event. The music was a blast. The people were a blast. Awesome. Um, I was, I was really impressed with, uh, again, one of the things about Washington wine that I think a lot of people don't understand is the diversity of culture, of yes. um, race, of age differences. Age I mean, I saw of pictures everything. of people in their 20s all the way up to their 70s. Oh, totally. I think that's fantastic of yeah. just being able to gather people for, you know, that whole event. Their 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 original demographic for this event was to cater to the 22 um, I think he said 22 to 28 or 32-year-olds, and yeah. they blew up into this great thing. And I have this picture that I posted of this adorable, she must have been in late 60s, 
adorable little thing in this in her white outfit with a white hat. She was the cutest thing. It was so awesome to well, see her though. Then when they started out as their their kids started and their kids are like twenty five yeah, yeah. right now. Yeah. Jeff and they, Brian and I can't remember the other brother's name. Yeah, they wanted to have a little party. Well they followed off of what Chateau Saint Michel does and they're like, Hey, well they can do it. Why can't we do it? Well Surprise, you can. Yeah, they wanted to do something distinctive and different. And yes. so in the interview, you'll get to hear about that. So. Yeah. Well, I just think so many people are yearning for social events. They are. So many quality. people are quality social events. People are in, wanting interaction. Where you can people talk. Wanting to be touched and engaged and communicated and, and asked and wanting just to feel wanted. I feel like there's so many people right now that are yes. in this environment of just wanting the yeah. communication and love and I mean I deal with so many singles and I've just been getting all these emails recently of you know I, where can I find somebody I want to find my great person I want to find my soulmate I want to be in love I mean it's versus the rejection side yeah there's no one out there for me why even go to this event why even try to dress up Nigga Nancy no, I hear that all there's the time. There's a whole other shift. I really feel that shift coming around. Well, and, and there's a whole other topic based on that yeah. one. Too. Oh, yeah. Having especially. been, like you and I, having been in long-term relationships, uh, watch for this because I'm going to put this on and, it, and it's going to be a seminar and it's do I belong in a long-term relationship. I think people need to recognize whether or not they are ready for a long-term relationship. And if they're not, that's okay, too. Yeah. Know Some people what aren't ready. Know what intention is. Know what it is you want and recognize what the other person wants and, and make sure that, that they're compatible. Oh, I was gonna, that's I what like I was going to tell you earlier, you know, and I'll, I'll backtrack. It's the same thing as, like, the IT world. There's a lot of people who work their 60 hours a week and they want a relationship, but yet they try to go out with somebody who's a server or who's, yeah. you know, all that. I was going to talk about, um, back we're talking about tones and explanation. Yeah. There is a different world of being behind on the line in a restaurant, you know, because there's a lot of the restaurants, come on, you fucker, get this you know, thing on the hurry. I need five, you know, uh, terminals, I need three salmons, you know, screw you, I can't get the you know. And then you go to the white the white collar world and you're like, Oh, you don't dare have blue words, I guess as they say. You know, everything's calm and reserved. You don't raise your voice, you don't get in the temper, you don't yeah. get angry, even though you're stressed, you be calm. Whereas in restaurant world you're like, I hate you and you throw the pan across the room to the dishwasher and you walk away and you come back, Okay, let's go buddy, you know. Well the chefs were the originally the only ones who could do that and now yeah. everybody can everybody does culture. <laughs> Yeah. So are you saying like when people are like that in that environment and then stretching into a new environment, mm -hmm. how, how be aware they? of the environment? Yeah, yeah just like you were saying earlier. I completely agree with that. I find it and I actually love it when people are, you know, really blunt like that in the environment where they're not supposed to be. That's because you like conflict. You are so you <laughs> love chaos. My husband loves if things are mellow, he wants to stir like, stuff well, up. Yeah, I'm like, let's start talking about yeah, something. See, you there's, say, there's like, a difference. How was your sex life this weekend? No, like, that's a fun how chaos. Was, that's you know, a fun that's a little thing. different than what I'm saying. I'm talking about. You know, dropping huh? F-bombs oh, okay. is a little yeah. bit different. You know what? You that know? Or like you're a flipping idiot for doing yeah, yeah. Oh, Fuck you. Yeah, cursing at somebody, you know. That actually reminded me of what it was I wanted to say earlier. If you are coming into a conversation and it looks like it's going to get heated, heated or funky or odd, yes. here's my number one rule. Don't ever behave or react the way you're expected to. Yes. Yeah. So, for instance, if a guy says something or, or there's some interaction about were you out with some other girl, that the typical response would be, oh, you bastard, you're blah, 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 blah. Don't ever respect, uh, respond the way people expect you to. It gives you time to slow things down. It also gives you time to find out if it's a joke or not. Because I can't tell you how many times things have gotten heated up really yes. fast. People overreact and they go, oh, I was just kidding. You would respond, me. take your time, respond in a way that's not typical. But are you talking to somebody out. who's going to already overreact and be sudden, like, look, bitch, what did you just say? Um, but you, you can, can avoid that. <laughs> you can avoid that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is that that's how you can avoid yeah. that. Is it gives you, uh, if, if you're one of those people who are building their confidence, it's great to not respond <laughs> the way people expect you. I to. wish I could talk like that. It reminds me of, of the really movie Good Fellas. He's like, are you making fun of me? Do I look like a clown? Do I amuse you? Is this funny? Am I funny? Or, or am I funny looking? You yeah. know, like, isn't that hard? Do I amuse you? And the guy's getting all nervous. He's like, ah, and they're like, ha, ha. My, funny, my husband cracks me up because whenever he wants to change the pace of something and somebody says something, he'll look at me and go, did you just say I'm fat? 
and, he, and people will just are like, I didn't say anything like that. I have no idea what you're talking about. Did you just say a bat? And and people just start laughing. So yes, I if like you that. Have something Breaking the ice exactly. is huge. Exactly. If something off-temper I like that. the ice up a Breaking bit. the ice. Okay, so before I want to wrap this up with um, verbal puking. <laughs> I oh, think Lord. people need to be aware what verbal puking is. Because if you're going to be out socially, you need to not be doing this. Just shut up. You need to learn when to shut up. So, number one, if you're talking for more than two or three minutes uninterrupted, you need to turn it off. What if they don't know how to talk? Because I deal with a lot of people. They just stare at me and wait for me to keep talking and talking. And, I mean, they're just waiting for every word. Well, that's where you have to – that's where the art of asking questions and and forcing them to respond. If you get to a point where you've asked enough questions and they're giving you one-word answers and you've gone to the open-ended questions where it requires more than a yes or no and they're still not going anywhere with it, then – you know, that's fair. That's a fair point where you can choose to disengage from the conversation. Now, if it's somebody you know or somebody you're trying to help, that's a really good point to bring out, going, you need to engage in a conversation. I feel you have to own the conversation. You do. When I teach my dating courses, I, I say something like, gosh, you know, I noticed I've been talking for a little bit. Why don't you, you know, why don't Interject. I ask you some questions yes. now? Or why don't you share something important with you or, you know, engage in that opportunity for that? I yeah, those are, that are alpha conversationists will do that. Yes. Those that are, you know, B conversations, they they they're, they're, they want to be asked. Yes. And that's, but then again, when I go into a situation, if I have a something I want to get across, I'm going to own it and say, I'm going to find out what you're going to say, you know. Yeah, I like that. And uh, own it. follows on the second one. Don't necessarily need to talk about your personal window. You don't need to tell them how much you made in your car. You don't need to tell them everything about your life right away. Just let it Create be. Create process. Yes. Well, and I think you make a, you made a good, really good point, Vanessa. There is a time and a place when to bring up certain kinds of information. I love that you said bring a little bit. Okay, let me say it again. Bring a little bit. Yeah, it could be like, can yeah, we, can Friday, my baby daddy didn't yeah. show no, up. No, no, and then no, on no. Saturday, my no, mama. No. <laughs> bring a little bit of your person to the conversation. So, for instance, with me, you know, my life is out there. I have to say, you know, I have a, I have a, a 40 or 37 hour a week job. I'm still married and have children. That creates enough conversation all by itself. And then we have the Blog Talk Radio Show. So when people say, well, what is it that you do? Um, I will usually, at the very first introduction, I will usually laugh and say, I do a lot. And if yep. it's somebody with me that knows me, they'll go, oh, she does this and this and this. And then what I will do, because people will go through the gambit if they know yeah. me, I will reel it back in and I'll go, I just choose to use my time a little bit differently. There's different ways of of controlling, and, and I don't mean controlling to try to be, you know, a, I don't know what the word is, it's over, over, and, overbearing. Yes, overbearing, where you're trying to control so much. No, no, no. It's just letting, it's kind of like being a dam. You're going to let so much water out so you can keep the flow. Think of that with your conversation, too. Think about damming up. If you're one of those people who gets really excited, dam up all that excitement and let a little bit out at a time. And sometimes you can have a conversation and not have to, you know, I may believe this way, but I still want to be friends with because I like them yeah. for other things. Sometimes you just don't need to go there and, you know what, I really enjoy strawberry jam. You may not, but I really do. And that might be like the broker or like, well, you're just freaking weird, you know. I know. Sometimes you just kind of go, let's give a balance. Yeah, LB, I think that in your case as well, you saying I do a lot, I think you should master one thing you enjoy doing. Because as if I was to meet you and say those things, I would go, okay, you do a lot. So does that mean I don't do as much as you do? Oh, yeah, don't do that dating lady. Your a lot is more than my a lot. <laughs> like what makes your a lot better than my a lot? Well, typically, typically yeah. what I'll do is I will classify that with I do a lot. Are you talking about my private or my professional life? And then people will say, well, what? That's where people will say, well, what do you do for a living? Well, I I have my job at Nordstrom's, and then I and and then I play down this part of it, and then I also do a, a little blog talk radio show on the side. And it's interesting. I think it's really important. I don't downplay what I do because yeah. I don't. Um, respect and and like what I do, I downplay it because of that very point. I don't want people to be so intimidated by all these things. Because you can create a sentence that creates passion around yeah, what you do yeah. versus exactly. intimidation. You don't need to you know, be I get so to, blah and you yeah. know I do this, I do that, and I'm all this, and I'm all that. No, yeah, it's like you, there comes that point of tempering. 
You, yeah. Just like the temper sword, you've got to temper how you interact with people. Because kind of, you, you're playing small. Yeah. You're playing small girl. Well, I'm I'm not so much playing small girl as I know that what I do is very, very overwhelming for a lot of people. You're assuming that you can be changing people's lives with what you're doing, and you are, and you're playing small. Okay, she's going to be all up in my grill, isn't she? <laughs> Seriously. I'm serious. You have a sentence that you can master this. I cannot believe there's a, there's a difference though. I You're watch. not even gonna back me up on this one, are you? No, I kind of relate because I'm one to not pat myself on the back. I'm, you know, yes. I there's a phrase that I've kind of gotten good at saying. Yes, I am that damn good. Yeah. I never used to be that exactly. way, but I, yes. But there's. Well, there's I don't back we, down from a compliment anymore, but at the same time, I've learned. I've lost so many people, and not being able to just kind of. Okay, so I look at it like this. You know, when you go to read a book. You read that first little panel, and it gives you kind of the teaser of who you yes. are. And if people are interested, they'll go to read the book. Yeah. Yes. It's the same thing with when I'm talking with yeah, people. Yeah, but you're not somebody, you're doing blog talk, you're doing a radio show, and you work in Nordstrom. You have two particular areas, motherhood, all those great things are fantastic. But if I'm going to introduce, be introduced to you for the first one minute of talking to you, I don't want to hear it's a lot. I want to hear something big and grand in your life because <laughs> that is who you are. But there's there's reality, there's. Right. There is a limit, though. I was watching a show that was a dating show, and there's this girl. She got on there and says, yeah, I'm a model. I'm a fashion a fashion coordinator. I'm an event oh, no, planner. I'm a workout leader. Like, you know, what do you do, LB? You know, I help people with their communication and, and I create, you See, know. And, and you know what happens? That's better. How do you do I like that? that you know one. what happened yeah. is I had to create a bio because yes. of the, the Girl Power yes. Hour. I got asked, which I'm really excited about, um, to be one of the fashionista models or not models, but um, hosts. Hosts. And so they made me write a bio. And I don't know how good it was. It was really hard to kind of... How do you like my shiny apple? Is my shiny apple better than yours? My shiny apple is really good. It's green and it's red and it's all at the same time. I consulted with a couple people. I sent it in and I've given, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to some feedback on it. But I did, as I'm looking at it, it's like, you know, I've done the Blog Talk radio show. I'm a beauty stylist. I've done um, emceeing. Um, we've actually, Socially Savvy actually has the reputation for some of the best swag bags in the yep. city. You know, so these are all these parts, and I was like trying to figure out. Okay, I'm a writer, I'm a host, I'm a producer. Like, what? There comes a point where you kind. I'm looking at this, going, okay, this for me is too much. Yeah, but you can state it as my experience is. Yes, and that was what that was the cool thing that I was going through is is doing this bio. And actually, you know, this is a really great exercise I think for people to do. Uh, At 42, almost 43, it's the first time I've ever created a bio for myself. Oh, wow. I think if you want to get an idea yep. of who you are, create a bio for yourself. Yeah. And see if you're lined up um, with who you want to be. With who, exactly. I was going to say, not necessarily who you are, because Amy Yamada and I were talking, and she was the one who pointed out, she goes, embrace the things that you want into who you are. Yes. And um, some of the best advice, I absolutely adore this woman. I love Amy. And uh, so and when I was creating this bio, I kept thinking of her because I have a tendency like um, Jason to kind of play myself down. And, you know, I, I have never been one of those people who has always tried to think I'm better than anybody else because I respect the people around me and I appreciate them. But things are changing where it's not about you being better than everyone exactly. else. It's about you inspiring those people. You know, I mean, I somebody, somebody had referenced about the radio too. show and they referenced your list. They're like, oh, is this, is I'll be Duchess. There's this, like, reference that. And Does I she said, have a list? Yeah, and, and I, and I, <laughs> I celebrated. It and is I said, part of me. And I said, yeah. And they go, oh, and she's on radio. And I said, yeah, she's a role model for everyone that, you know, is like that or that has that. She doesn't oh, have that perfect, yeah. impeccable And they speech. were like, wow, you know, and that's how you look at it, that she's a role model. I'm like, absolutely. There's a lot of people who need those role models to keep going, you know. Oh, yeah. If you don't celebrate your accomplishments, then those around you aren't uplifted either. You're so that's the second time. And I know we're like way off topic, but this is really funny. We're on the recorded part of the show, yeah. so this is cool. Uh, I uh, put up a post today I ran yesterday and I was trying to throw myself out the door to run this morning and I posted on Facebook because I know it's one of those things where these are some most of these are my friends and I know that they know enough about me that they're going to either respond or ignore whatever and I said trying to throw myself out the door to go running and one of my old high school or elementary school buddies um, she's like get out there you can do it I haven't seen this woman in probably 15, 20 years maybe. Yeah. But that whole Facebook connection has reconnected us. But what really got me was a friend of ours' mother 
got on and she's like and she's capitalized like she's shouting this at me on facebook you need to get out there and do that because you're inspiring me and you don't know who it is you're inspiring you just need to do it for us and for you and i thought whoa I hadn't, when I had made the post, I hadn't really thought about, you know, I try to do very encouraging things for people, but I hadn't thought that, and she used the term, you're a role model. You're, our struggle is also our experiences, is also our inspiration. Yes. Our struggle is others' inspiration. So and that's even, what I'm finding. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting to kind of think that, that people, and again, I think if you're walking down the street, this whole social media thing creates such a different thought process and trying to bring those three dimensions, four dimensions together. But if you're walking down the street and you are who you are and yes. somebody is sitting on the ground and they're going, I need help, and you're the person to normally reach down and help them, that's something that you can grab your head around. What gets hard is realizing that there are people sitting on the ground, quote, unquote, on Facebook all the time, and your positive posts are that reach down to those people. Oh, yeah. And you don't realize that. No, I had a two and a half hour meeting today with that twin who is a, a great mentor for me. And he went through, you know, Vanessa, your experiences of what you're going through is what empowers people. Oh, yeah. Do yeah. not sit yeah. here and downplay your divorce. Do not sit here and downplay where you're at in your life. Let people know that this is what's that happening. Struggles and, how and you're, battles yeah, are what and so that it. way people can go, wow, I relate to that. Yeah. I, I had a marriage like that. I had a situation like that. I didn't, cause look at who you're, because you're not 100% contributing you're also not 100% receiving. That's true. Well, yeah. it's, it's one of the things that, like, for me, I, uh, coming from being a stay-at-home mom, I mean, it was a completely stay-at-home mom. It was considered Eastside mom. And then going into this whole social realm, I have a totally different respect and understanding of what people on both sides of the fence is. And I can completely understand those women who are like, gosh, I wish I could go out like you. And I'll look at them and i go, that was me four years ago. Go out. Just, Just Go. Put something on, and and that was why I had started the the Duchess Report, and why I ended up starting the show was so people knew, because we started out sitting on the couch the first time. Brett was like, "Let's go out. Our kids are old enough; they can babysit each other." And we're like, "Okay, let's go. Where do we go? What do we do?" Yeah. And we're like, "Oh God, we're we're dressed, we're ready, and we don't know where we're going." And that was what started the whole movement of awesome. of getting that information out there and letting people know. There's a lot of people who do that. You know, there's a lot of my friends, you know, we're the same where we were. We push them. They're like, oh, you guys are doing something. They're like, yeah, let's go. Why not? What happens if you fail? Uh, as long as you don't kill yourself, you're fine. Get back up and keep oh, going. Yeah. Yeah. My, my favorite is, well, I've got to get up, work, get up to go to work in the morning. Uh, yeah, you do it every day, and five hours sleep is going to be great for you versus the nine. Right. Just get up and go. Live your life. Experience your life and celebrate it. Yes. Yep. Love it. I love it. Okay, folks, I think we are at the end of our show. Yep. We want to thank our sponsors for this last month. We have had some fabulous sponsors. Um, one of the things that we have not talked about on the show was our listenership. And something happened in the last couple of months where we doubled our listenership and then tripled it again. Yep, thank we you. We are at almost 5,000 listens. Wow, that's fantastic. So, and yep. there's a good possibility we're going to hit 5,000 listens for this last month. So we want to thank everybody for listening to the show. Any Woo-hoo! feedback you have, please get it back to us. Leave us, you know, send us messages. Um, you know, let our sponsors know if you've gotten swag from any of our sponsors, Pop Chips, Kind Bars. Um, Go Girl Energy Drinks, um, Bellevue Nordstrom Cosmetics with all of the different samples that they have, the product that they have put into our swag bags, Um, Gunnar Nordstrom's Gallery, the Sweet Lounge, uh, Jess at Salon 7 uh, with uh, the free haircut cards. And if you were at Taste of Maine and the swag bags you know that you got from Socially Savvy, those were a ton of fun. So let us know what it is that you think. Um, Kind bars. If Mm. there's a topic that you want to hear us talk about that you feel like I just – you know, I feel like this is just not going the right way socially. What do you guys think? We would love to um, cover that for you. And we're going to be doing some conversations and, and having some contests where you can be a guest host on the show. Yep. So give a listen. Um, give us your feedback. And we hope you have a socially savvy week. All righty. Take care, Adios. everybody. Adios.